Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, a.k.a. Clean Sheet Wipeout. And my name's James, a.k.a. FPL Drug. How you doing, mate? It's beautiful sunshine out there, isn't it? Oh, stunning. Yeah, glorious. Loving it the last couple of days. After all that cold weather we've had, it's uh, it's been good. Yeah, and then it's to get cold again at the fucking weekend. Yeah, a bit bipolar this weather. Yeah. Uh, 20, 21 degrees one minute and what, like eight degrees the next? Yeah, I've been in short and t-shirt today. I got sunburnt yesterday out for a dog walk. And, uh, I'm even drinking the homemade cider. You know, that's how much summer buzzing I've got. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happened. You've moved further west. <laughs> Tell me about it. But um, obviously, we, we've not got our usual game week to review, which um, is, you know, the common theme on this podcast. So we thought we'd do something a bit different. Thought we'd go for a bit of a special. And um, I think we're going to focus on fixture swings, aren't we? Yes, we are. And there's some uh, interesting finds. Certainly is. And um, I've written an article for Jumpers for Goalposts, which um, focuses on it. So I think we'll use that as the, the basis and then um, talk everybody through what we think about it. Right. I think we should go alphabetical. So uh, first club that I want to bring up for fixture swings and maybe slightly controversial given possible rotation, but Arsenal for me after this Liverpool game, lovely set of fixtures all the way through to game week 38. Yeah, I was quite surprised. Um when I saw their fixtures, how how good they are, with the exception of obviously Liverpool, who aren't actually what they were. No. It's a, it's a very good run. Sheffield United, Fulham, Everton, Newcastle, West Brom, so, sort of consecutively. Um, you'd fancy them in, what, 75% of those games? Yeah, and then obviously finishing up with um, Palace and Brighton after playing Chelsea. The, 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 the big point is how far they go in Europe because with that Europa League fixture coming up, how much rotation does Arteta throw at us? I, I, I'd imagine a fair bit. Uh, the likes of Saka are going to play one or the other, like the yeah. league game or the Europa League game, and be benched on the other. I can't yeah. I can't, can't see him playing both. No, no, that, that's why I was... I mean, Aubameyang is obviously a player that you expect to haul on these occasions, and these fixtures are ideal for him. But I genuinely think he plays the Europa League games, and Lacazette probably starts up top in the league. And... We've seen the form that Lacazette is in at the moment. So, yeah, he's probably the ideal candidate. But again, with that form, is he then going to be used in the Europa League and then rested in the Prem because of the form that he's in? Like, at the moment, in my opinion, he's Arsenal's best player going going forward. And with the likes of Saka, Odegaard in behind him, I think that that's, that's the perfect lineup. So... I just don't know. We, we think Pep Roulette is bad, but genuinely, I think Arsenal are going to be worse over this period. I'd agree with that, to be honest. I think like the risk of rotation with regards to Lacazette increases as they progress in the Europa League. Yeah. As they sense that like chance of uh, getting sort of like Champions League qualification through it, they're gonna they're gonna want to play their best striker, who is currently Lacazette. Yeah. I mean, and Aubameyang at eleven point five million when he is being benched occasionally is far too much of a risk for anyone to to really go on unless okay. you're really struggling. 
Well, eleven and a half million for a Bamiyang at this this moment in time, it's it's not worth it in my opinion. Now, if Arsenal go out of the Europa League in the next stage, then brilliant because for FPL that's fantastic. The only thing they'll have to play for is the league. Now, I can't see them qualifying for the Champions League through the league. So obviously Europa is that only opportunity. Only right they're going to focus on it. But if they do go out, then yeah, maybe Aubameyang comes into play because I'd expect him to play every single game and I'd expect Saka to play every single game. But for now, I think it's very much a wait and see in terms of their form and whether they go through in the Europa League. Yeah, I agree with that. And like with their defenders, yeah, while the run is good, I never t- tend to fancy their defenders in terms of clean sheets anyway. Nah, um, the only player I'd touch is Kieran Tierney. Yeah, and even then, I'm not sure. <laughs> nah, exactly. Right, I think we should move on to the next club then. And uh, next in the list is Chelsea. And uh, the upcoming five games for Chelsea look ideal. Oh, yeah, beautiful fixtures. I mean... You're not going to have at least one Chelsea defender or goalkeeper. I think you're missing a trick in these next five because yeah. people are going to be getting them in. And the price of Rudiger at 4.7 now is still great value for money. Like season's gone by, you don't get anything close to that for getting a Chelsea defender. You have to pay at least five. Yeah, it's crazy. But, so, um, yeah, it's madness. So uh, I think uh, Rudiger is going to be a popular pick this week. Hundred percent, and obviously with, with those the wild card in hand, like like yourself, even at the point of wild card, I expect you'll have one, maybe even two Chelsea defenders for for this run. And the fact that you can get the double up of Aspilicueta and Rudiger for little over ten million, gotta do it. Oh, definitely. I, I think I'll be very much considering two on the wild card. Um, I mean, I could tell you right now that I'm going to get in a Chelsea defender this week. Same. Free transfer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't blame anyone. Uh, it makes sense. That West Brom fixture, you can't see West Brom scoring and Chelsea have been so strong defensively. Oh, yeah. um, They've kept eight clean sheets in the last 10 games. That speaks for itself. Um, it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Yeah, but I think in a way, yeah, that, that does speak for itself because... Chelsea's attacking options, I think, are actually less attractive. We've we saw the type of football Chelsea are playing. And yeah, Tuchel's got them seriously strong at the back, but they're still not firing on all cylinders going forward. And obviously the likes of Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, Timo Werner, they're all brilliant players, but are they going to perform over the next five games? Yeah, like out of those, like it's actually the sort of the cheapest of the sort of key assets that I fancy is Mount at yeah. 7 million. I think if you're going to get one, I think Mount would be the one for me. Uh, Werner at 9.2, I think it's too much of a risk at that price. You might as well just go and get like, I don't know, Jamie Vardy for 0.8 million more. Um, Havertz, he's not really proven himself in the Premier League yet. No, he's, he's obviously, he's got opportunities in the last couple of games and Tuchel came out and said that playing in that kind of false nine role seems to suit him. Um, and we've obviously saw him start there uh, the last game and, and the game before that, I believe. And they obviously had the appearance in the Champions League and it will be interesting to see if that's the way that they continue to try and get Havertz involved in the game. Yeah, I mean, he could be one of those sort of punts where you you go ahead of the curve. I mean, that is where you need to try and like make the returns, get on the 
sort of bus before it leaves the station, um, <laughs> if you will. And that that could it could be a pick that would pay off, but I don't see it. I think yeah, the points are in the defence at the moment with Chelsea. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Timo Werner, I, I'd fucking love to see him go off just because I feel so sorry for the guy. Like I've owned him earlier in the season. He's so frustrating. Like he looks like he's trying so hard to to get those goals and it just doesn't fall for him, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, if he was a bit more clinical, like you you, you wouldn't put a hat trick past him. Right. And that would be typical for those that have held, like held him for most of this season and now obviously dropped him and transferred him out for him to go score a hat-trick. But I think he's more than capable of doing it. It's just a very frustrating player to watch. I've never seen someone have so many close chances, but just not put them in. Oh, I know. It's it's bloody frustrating. All right, and then the, the next team, I think, that we should jump on, and a team that everybody is going to be talking about after this Manchester City fixture, is Leicester. Yes, very tasty uh, for across official FPL and I also come on to later Sky yeah um, I don't fancy them in the next two obviously City and West uh, West Ham are difficult games but then they have a real good solid run of four games against West Brom Palace Saints and Newcastle yeah. and you're going to fancy their players in that I think um, out of the fullbacks I think I'd actually prefer Castagna than Pereira Pereira since he's come back hasn't looked as strong as he has been uh <laughs> I'd say sort of last season. Yeah, I think that injury really rocked him. And obviously, yeah, like you say, he's come back and I don't think he's got an attacking return yet since since his return. Um, whether that changes over this period, you know, perhaps, you know, the international break has probably done him some good. But yeah, for me, if you were going to go for Leicester defensively, I'd either go for Farner at 5 million or, or Castagna at 5.7. Yeah, as would I. Yeah, um, you, you note that obviously you, you don't particularly fancy um, Leicester against West Ham. I, I'd agree with that defensively. However, we saw how Arsenal managed to cut West Ham open to come back into the game. Now, would it be too much to say, you know, for you personally, if you're wildcarding, say, after the City game, will you be throwing in a Leicester attacker in that wildcard already for, for that fixture? Most most likely, I will be. I mean, that's. I mean, like you got to account for the next like five games in that run. It makes that West Ham game sort of more appealing. Mm. I won't expect anything from the West Ham game, but I'll certainly take it. And he'll he'll be there, no doubt. Um, I'll probably get Ian Acho in on the wild card because then it allow me to distribute the rest of the money around the team, be it upgrading. Uh, I don't know, a bail to a Salah or whatever I want to do with my money. Nah, fair point. He's he's a great enabler. Agreed, yeah, because I think I'm, I'll obviously be making the one move this week, but I may well make it take a minus four um, in the following game week. Potentially bringing in Iheanacho, you know, is, is an alternative for the likes of Watkins, Bamford, potentially. And it'll allow me to then move back to Bruno Fernandes, who obviously I've dropped a while back to maybe try and, you know, cover off a little bit of ownership there. I am still a bit worried that obviously Bruno pops up with his pens, gets his assists. He's a brilliant player. So um, moving into this run, I don't particularly want to go without him. And Ian Archo, I think, is the ideal differential to give that little bit of extra cash. Not not that most of us need it. We've all got fucking money in the bank this season. 
but um, it's just that little bit of extra to, to be able to jump straight back to Bruno. I, I guess the only concern is, say we all bring in Iheanacho and he doesn't perform, if you've not got the money in the bank, it's going to be difficult to move to someone else that's actually decent. Yeah, that, that's that's it's well raised. Very well raised because obviously the reason Iheanacho is in the team is because Madison and Barnes are both out injured. Now, I think Rogers has made it quite clear that Iheanacho is in the team on merit um, and should be in the team for the foreseeable, probably up to the end of the season. And FPL Foxy's written a really good article, um, again, for Jumpers for Goalposts about Leicester. And he, he touches on that. And he also notes about the fact that obviously Jamie Vardy's performances post that injury um, haven't been, you know, particularly great numbers wise, although his expected goals and his expected assists are still you know, staggering, but it's the space that he's creating for Iheanacho at the moment, which is really eye-opening. Now, that partnership's developed, and it's great to see, but if Iheanacho stays in the team, what would your debate be between going Iheanacho over Vardy? Like, we all know Vardy's on pens, but do you think is the better option? Uh, the better option if you're taking value into account. If they're the same price in an alternate reality, I'd still pick Vardy, but obviously he's not. He's, what, 4.4 million cheaper. Yeah. So it's, it makes sense to go for Iheanacho while he's, he is performing. That seems fair. But yeah, I think Leicester, that, those ownership for all those Leicester players is going to skyrocket in the next couple of weeks, no doubt. Right, moving on to the next team then. Oh, arguably, to be fair... I think probably the best fixture run overall between now and the end of the season, albeit we know how poor their performances have been of late, but it's Liverpool's fixture run. Yeah, very a very good run. Um, I don't think I'll be going there myself, though. Not even Salah? Uh, wow. <laughs> Salah's the only one I'm kind of particularly worried about. Um <laughs> If I don't have Salah, then um, that makes me then inclined to get Jota as kind of semi, not necessarily coverage, but at least damage limitation Great. if Salah returns. Yeah, Obviously, I'd be screwed if Salah's assisted by the fullbacks. Mm. But I think Jota is the one that I'll probably may look at on a wild card. The only, the only concern for me in Jota, and I, I think Jota's a better player, is the return of Bobby Firmino. Um, we've seen he's back in training. You know, it depends on the way Klopp sets up as to whether we can squeeze all four into that setup. But if not, is there possibly a bit of rotation between them? Who knows? Like, again, Champions League performances, it's potentially going to have a say on, on this Arsenal lineup. But, you know, they, they play Leeds, Newcastle, Saints, West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. <sighs> you're talking Liverpool of old goals and clean sheets across those fixtures now I want to see how Liverpool perform against Arsenal and Villa obviously we've got those two games before that lovely run I want to see how they look because at the moment I'm on Salah but I genuinely consider moving back to Robertson and Trent like I mean both are only owned by 13% of the game that's mad like at the start of the season, if you told me that Trent and Robbo would only have 13% ownership, I'd laugh. True, but I guess 
I mean, they've not been playing well, and that's obviously why it's yeah. down to thirteen percent. I know. So, uh, like, it's the the ne- the next four, the last four games of the season is what I'm particularly worried about. Yeah, as those are the fixtures where I think I could get hurt if I don't own a Liverpool player. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the Saints, West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. It's like it's the ideal run to end, you know, for Liverpool. Um, it's just tricky, yeah. Like, who knew that you know the likes of Trent and Robbo could be differentials? But technically, they are at the moment. And I guess if they do start to perform, it will be a case of getting on them at the right time. And then for those wild carding, if you don't allow for the budget to move to them then those that have saved a little bit of money in the bank and whatnot might, might benefit because they'll be able to jump from a, a £5 million Luke Shaw up to a 7.3 Trent. You know, I've got £3 million in the bank. I could make that move. The likes of Ian Archer and stuff obviously allow for that bit of flexibility as well. So I think it, it's a tricky one. And it yeah, it will come down to how Liverpool perform, perform over the next couple of weeks because I'm expecting them to up their game you know that they've all gone away Trent's obviously had a rest over the international break he wasn't called up for England that could be a kick up the arse Robertson's gone away with Scotland played particularly well they've had a couple of good results maybe that bit of change of scenery um, and a bit of a rest might, might do them some good like Mo Salah for instance went away with Egypt got two goals um, in his last game they maybe just all need that kick up the arse um, to come back and you know be fit and firing for this final running. However, would you then move, if you didn't have the budget, would you move to the likes of Kabak or Phillips? No. <laughs> Simple answer. No. I, I, I don't Five, fancy them defensively. Five million, four million for Nat Phillips, you know. Uh, yeah, I just don't fancy them defensively. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we'll jump on then and move on to Southampton. Now, don't hold us for very long because our run of fixtures, you know, later on is fucking horrendous. We've got Leicester, Liverpool, Fulham, Leeds, West Ham. It's tough. But the next two or three games, I think, could be ideal, um, obviously, for us defensively in particular. Um, and then if the likes of Danny Ings, Theo Walcott are returning from injury, that, that's potentially going to help moving forward. Um, Minamino is back. He's played really well for uh, Japan over the international break. But to jump on for those that short-term fixtures, if you're wildcarding, might be worth it. If you're not, I don't think it's worth the transfer to move there to then, to then move back. No, I'd agree with that. It, it, the connection's gone a bit uh, strange. Uh, oh, well, I, I can still hear you fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right now? <laughs> You're really blurry. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, well, um, we'll, we'll try and carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, for Saints, obviously, we, we've saw Che Adams um, has been called up for Scotland. Obviously, he's, he's declared his, uh, his allegiance with the mighty Scots. Now I'm, I'm glad. Like it's great that we've got a striker like that. But what do you make of it? Um, it's interesting. I mean, fair play to him. Like he's not going to play for England, so why not play for Scotland um, and get that international football under your belt? Um, I don't blame him. Um, and he's looked pretty good recently. He's looked pretty clinical. And the next three games, 
a favourable for him? Well, three goals in his last three league games. Got his first international assist for Ryan Fraser for Scotland. So he's, he's a man in form. He is, he is. And I, I, I wouldn't put it past him getting a brace in one of the next three. No, he's, no, 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 no. he's looked very strong. Yeah, but, but, but like I said, I don't think we should be particularly holding on to St. Nets assets. Fraser Forster, for instance, could be ideal if you're wildcarding. Four million pounds plays, I think, yeah, at the moment, probably Saints is number one. And then you can hold him through to the end of the season, providing you've got a goalkeeper that you want to play. He's there just in case, but you won't be playing him in the final five, I don't think. Right. No, yeah, I might get him in, in my wildcard just to save 0.5 over yeah. Johnston. Exactly, exactly that. I think it's ideal. Right, let's jump on to um, the next team. Now, I, I raised them because I think their fixtures are a mixed bag, but their performances have been exceptional. So the, the team in question is West Ham. Um, obviously, they've got Wolves, Leicester, then they play Newcastle, then they've got Chelsea, then they play Burnley and Everton, and then they've got a really nice end with Brighton, West Brom and Southampton. What do you make of West Ham's options? Uh, I think there's only really two that appeal to me. Um, I could probably and that would be Lingard and Cresswell. Yeah. Lingard and Cresswell. Agreed. I think Antonio and FPL is difficult to get to because of the other attacking options. Whereas in Sky, and the toss-up is between Antonio and Lingard because they're both classified as midfielders. Whereas rightly, in FPL, Antonio is classified as a forward. And uh, yeah, that makes it a little bit more tricky. Yeah, no, I agreed with that. And I don't, yeah, I don't particularly fancy Kufa. I think his attacking sort of threat gone a bit off the boil it's more just a budget pick now would be yeah. Kufal but yeah Cresswell his delivery is sublime so I'd, I'd, I'd love to have him oh yeah same I mean he's uh, he's the top defensive scorer 135 points so far this season he's joint top for bonus points alongside Luke Shaw um, He's only owned by 28%, which surprised me. And obviously, he's got 10 assists so far this season. We know how great he is with that delivery. So, yeah, I think Cresswell, he's, what, 5.9 million, I think. Um, it's it's a tough budget. He's almost arguably a premium defender now. But I think he's still going to keep returning until the end of the season. I'd, I'd agree with that. I think we're stuck in a sort of thought cycle of thinking we've missed the boat and the yeah. boat just keeps going. <laughs> it does. Like he, keep, he keeps returning. Um, it feels similar to, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the other example. Uh, J James Justin. Yeah. We just kept putting it off going, oh no, Pereira would be back. Yeah. Pereira would be back. And it's the same with Cresswell. We're like, oh, the, the returns will dry up. No, no they won't. No, not <laughs> so. Corner after corner, free kick, he's class. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, talking of class, you, you obviously mentioned Jesse Lingard, obviously called back up to the England squad um, for the, this run of games. But mate, five goals and three assists in only seven games for West Ham this season is insane numbers. 
Oh, it's very, very good numbers. I mean, you could, you don't blame um, United for for uh, wanting to sort of get him back. I know, yeah. Like, I, I just don't understand how Lingard has been sat with that United squad for so so long, doing so little, getting so little minutes. Obviously, West Ham have gambled, gone, well, you know what? Lingard's available. Let's get him in, give him a shot. Oh, my God, I don't think they even expected him to be performing in the way he is. And I think it's going to benefit Antonio as well. Like, obviously, we saw Antonio get the assist for Lingard in the previous game. The the, the communication between the, the two of them, the passion for football, that, that link-up play, I think it can only be a benefit for them both going towards the end of the season. And like I said, obviously... In Sky, I think we've got that choice. If you haven't got one, the choice will always be between Antonio and Lingard. Whereas in FPL, I think it's obvious you'll, you'll, you'll go Lingard because it's the midfield spot and we've got five available rather than three. Yeah, very, yeah, very much so. Um, very, very good loan signing from West Ham. And yeah, United seem to be very good at wasting players like Lukaku or even not getting the best out of Pogba. They... they they're experts at racing players. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Alexis Sanchez. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kill him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And then um, I think the final team that I want to probably talk about in this uh, fixture swing is Wolves. Um, not a team I thought I'd be mentioning, uh, to be honest. But you can't deny that the next five out of six fixtures are screaming out. And obviously we know Wolves are usually very good defensively. So following the West Ham game this weekend, they've got Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom, Brighton. Now, at le- I'm expecting at least three clean sheets from that. And then it raises the game of whether the likes of Connor Cody, Roman Size, Semedo, are they all now ideal candidates to be you know, in our teams moving forward? I mean, they're definitely ones to consider. Um, perhaps Cody oversize in terms of like how nailed they are, but obviously size is quite good from corners and has the potential for bonus and so on if he is playing. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, Neto is the one I, I fancy in terms of sort of the attacking players i think he's probably the only one you can really go to um obviously podents still injured jimenez long term i don't think silver nor jose have done particularly well for uh, for wolves in terms of trying to fill that void that obviously jimenez has left and yeah i know you know silver's a young lad got a feel for him but yeah i don't think william jose's stepped up as much as what people assumed he could do um, and yeah, they've really missed Jimenez, Jimenez going forward. But Neto, I think, is the only one that really provides that drive. Even Adama Traore has been so poor this season. I'd agree with that. I think Neto's been the only one that sort of stepped up his game in the absence of Jimenez. Um, yeah, Traore's been really disappointing. Yeah, no, massively. It's it's upsetting to see because, again, we all thought, oh, you're so cheap at the start of the season, like brilliant option, but just hasn't really provided those returns. And I still find it hilarious, obviously, when he either starts or when he comes off the bench. Just how much Vaseline that man puts on his arms. 
to the stock people grabbing him it just shines but it's not made a difference <laughs> no no it hasn't uh maybe they can uh, put the vaseline away <laughs> yeah quite possibly right but like like we said you know i think those fixture swings are going to be key in terms of uh making up some points you know whether you're chasing ground in your uh, in your mini leagues whether you're going for you know some cash leagues between FPL and Sky, I think there's some some great options out there. Um, and it's about probably getting on on the right ones at the right time. Um, like I said, you know, the article that we're referring to is available on Jumpers for Goalposts. So if you want to want to give it a read, let, let us know what you think. But in terms of um, those fixture swings and moving on to FPL, do you have any immediate plans? Obviously, we, we know that you're, you're planning to wildcard shortly, but what, what stands out for you? Uh, what stands out for me, as we mentioned earlier, is sort of the Chelsea defence. So the move that I'm going to be making is Dawson or Dunk to Rudiger. I think that's sort of an easy move for me to make. I've not had to think yeah. too much about my move this week because I know I'm wildcarding next week and that's my move. I think Dunk to either Rudiger or Aspilicueta is going to be probably the most popular move in both FPL and Sky for this weekend. A lot of people have got Duncan Sky still. I mean, I don't, annoyingly. But, um, yeah, that dunk to Aspilicueta, even though you don't gain the fixture. Aspie's got West Brom on Saturday and arguably probably the best captaincy option as well. So um, I think a lot of people are going to be making that move. For me, I want to jump onto a Chelsea defender, and it's probably going to be for one of my Man City players. But are you finding benching incredibly tough this weekend? Oh, very much so. Um, my dilemma is between Lingard and Watkins. Currently, I think I'm going to bench Watkins, which which seems mad because they've got uh, Fulham at home. <laughs> I'm doing exactly the same at the moment. I mean, obviously, I think I'll probably move Cancelo onto us with Quater, maybe. But for my team, it'll be Stones on the bench at the moment. I've got Watkins on the bench. And then I'm going to have to probably pick a midfielder. I don't particularly want it to be, but it might have to be Lingard. I, I, I don't know. My midfield is Lingard, Son, Salah, Rafinha, Gundogan. And if I'm bringing an Aspilicueta, I'm obviously going to be playing him. But my back three at the moment is Dallas, Target and Shaw. Now, will I drop Target and then just play Martinez? I don't know. Like you say, Fulham at home is like an, a good fixture. But Fulham have been so good defensively recently that are they going to be able to shut Villa out? Villa have been poor. We know Grealish has returned um, to training, but is that going to make all the difference for this one fixture? I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough <laughs> one. Like I, uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh God, what a headache that's going to be. <laughs> I know. It, it, this is one of those game weeks where you kind of wish you still had the bench boost because you just play it and then hope for the best. <laughs> Definitely. At least we've got until um, Saturday. 11am obviously British time uh, to make those decisions so we don't have to be panicking on a Friday evening <laughs> I always feel the pressure on the Friday deadline <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. right um, moving on to Sky then obviously we've had the um, the fixtures for April release now which has been incredibly useful and um, there's a few standouts obviously we, we've seen that Wolves have got that, that single game day, which we knew about against Fulham um, on Friday the 9th. I th 
still think that Martinez or Sanchez move to to Patricio this Sunday is going to be one of the biggest moves made in Sky this weekend. But then we've obviously got the um, Spurs-Everton game on Friday the 16th as a single. Um, you've got the Liverpool-Leeds game on Monday the 19th, single game day. Again, big captaincy decision there to be had. Chelsea-Brighton is a single game day. Um, and then you've got West Brom-Leicester on the 22nd. That's going to be the move that everybody then goes to Leicester, I think. Friday the 23rd, Everton-Arsenal, single game day. Tough one, because if you've got DCL, you're covered. If you've not, which way do you go? Do you cover it? I, I don't know. And then again, Leicester have got a single game day on Monday the 26th of April against Crystal Palace. So yeah, for me, Leicester were huge from the 22nd. Yeah, I uh, very much agreed with that. I put that I need to get a Leicester asset in at that point. Um Everton Arsenal, I'm currently not sure. I'm thinking of just avoiding it in the team where I don't have DCL. And the team the team where I do have DCL, I'm not even sure if it's worth holding DCL because of his form. I think you could we could be blindsiding ourselves with these captaincy days. Yeah. For the sake of it, because if DCL is ticking over with twos for the next four weeks, that's eight points. Like in the meantime, if you've got like a, I don't know, a Rashford or another striker that's actually scoring, you could be missing out on 10 points in a week. Agreed. So, so I think I'm, uh, it's very much something I need to think about. Do I really, am I holding DCL for the sake of it just because of the fixtures? Which yeah. I think I would be. Looking at the fixture options now, obviously like I've still got double figure in terms of transfer left. So I think I'm doing okay that wise but it's it's tricky looking at the moves and i've had a little look at the planner um ian parron who's updated his fixture planner it has been so helpful but i think for me patricio is coming in for martinez um on monday um definitely i think that's the move that i've nailed i'm probably going to go from a city defender to asper equator or rudiger on saturday i know we don't gain the fixture but I, I need, I don't need, but I want um, a Chelsea defender for their running. I just think he'll outscore one of the City assets. And obviously they've got they've got two blanks coming up. So I don't think we particularly need them. Um, and then the other one for me will be, I think it's an ideal move in the way that the fixtures have fallen. Once um, Tottenham play Southampton, I will probably then move Kane on to either Vardy or Iheanacho. Um because then Leicester play at least twice before Spurs play again. And obviously those two fixtures are West Brom and Crystal Palace. So as much as, you know, Kane is a brilliant option in Sky, I think to gain those two extra fixtures at this period in time, it's probably the move I want to make because I want to keep Salah. Like you said, DCL, there's, I'm not going to get rid of him because I've already got him for that single. But um Kane is therefore the only option I can really make unless I go to a defensive asset, there is potential, or someone like Madison or Barnes if they come back fit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much a tricky one. And for me, with someone that's not, not got that many transfers left, I think I then sort of am almost forced into keeping him. Because How many have you got? I'm only going to have to bring him. So let me just check which one team is the one with DCL in. Uh, it's my first team. 
like team one, which is the weaker team, probably because it's got DCL in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my team has um, got DCL. Seven, seven transfers. Okay. So, so you, you're very much going to have to think about the moves you make then. Yes, uh, even more so in my team two, which is the better team, which is on five. <laughs> Squeaky bum time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I'm happy with the team. It's a decent team. So it's only really the odd captaincy that I feel is a must-have that I have to cover. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to be wise for my transfers. Yeah, it's just um, I was listening to Planet FPL last week and um, James touched on the fact that there could be potential that we'd have six or seven game days worth of captaincies. And he was right. He nailed it. We've got so many singles that we need cover for. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's time to start planning because between now and the end of the season, there are gains to be made. I still think that top five is out of the question for me, but you never know. If I get it right and I get captaincies right, it could be there, but I'm happy with where I am for now. So um, just going to take it step by step and hope for the best. Right. Yeah, let's... yeah. Push. Get, get as far as you can. Well, fingers crossed. Right. Let's jump on to um, Chapman. And obviously um, a double game week for both Charlton and Spurs this week. Very interesting. Uh, seeing the community is very much sort of gone on a hard move towards Rebroff. Yeah. Um, don't Obviously, don't blame, blame you based on the sim data and the two decent, very decent fixtures. Yeah. I, I'm i not going to go there myself, mainly because of where I am with my strikers. I'm happy with uh, uh, Ruvan, Roy, Boxic and Viduka. I think it'd be a bit silly to remove one of those. Yeah, it's fair, yeah. So, so what I've done is, uh, I think what I'm thinking of doing anyway is targeting um, Davies, uh, in midfield and bringing him in for Perez I think that's just a I don't take a hit I think um, Perez has got a tricky next fixture against Man United as well whereas uh, over the next two years I fancy Davies return Yeah that seems I've I've gone Davies myself um, I think Rebrov and Salakovic are going to be the most popular transfers I couldn't afford Salakovic by 0.5 and it just wasn't worth that third transfer of downgrading someone else to then bring him in. So, um, yeah, for me, the Larson injury has been perfect in a way because I got the points for him, got injured, you know, misses out this week. I've brought in Rebrob, straight swap. And um, I've gone is it to Davies um, for the coverage this week as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that move. It's very similar to my move, like uh, sort of a tricky home fixture for Leicester. So I don't blame you moving him on for the double. Yeah, and um, talking of doubles, obviously, Charlton seem to be still taking the piss. Um, what is it with Charlton in rotation at the moment? Well, I'm rubbing my hands because I've got uh, two Middlesbrough players. I've got Zapeda and Boxic, and I fancy them to, to get some decent points against I'm a worried. Yeah. Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, the, um, the community team has got the likes of Jason Yule, Brian Hughes, could miss out. But they've also got, you know, Southgate, Zapeda. Um, so I think, yeah, there could be could be returns there. And um, the poll for the, the Season Keepers community team, good old Team Humanity, um, is finished. And it's gone the way that I was really hoping it would. Um, it's Ian Hart out, thankfully. Um, Colin Cooper in. 
And then obviously Sunderland's fixture isn't particularly great this week. And we've got Phillips anyway. So it's Arkow and Salakovic in. So uh, that could be bold. And um, I think we'll probably, obviously we'll put the captaincy poll out, but I reckon it'll be Salakovic captaincy. I think he's going to win the poll hands down. I'd agree with that. I think we're both a little bit jealous, aren't we, of yeah. having Salakovic? I'll be fuming if fucking Team Skynet beat us this week. Like, I, I think our team's looking really well set. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, no, of course. Right, we've got some um, community questions in. So I think we should uh, take a look. Just going to quickly get to it there on the old Tinternet. Um, first question in is from Dronach. So Rebrov appears to be my issue this week. Do we think he plays both or just plays one? What's your thoughts on him as captain over Salakovic? Thank you. I'd imagine him playing both. But if I had Salakovic, I'd be very tempted to captain him over Rebrov. Yeah. I'd probably agree with you. Like I've brought in Rebrov. Fuck me, do I hope he plays both? Because uh, otherwise, what the hell is the point? But um, yeah, he's he's one of those players that has been really shit on this sim, hasn't he? And I know everybody says that form isn't a thing in this, but there just seems to be patterns. And I'm really hoping that despite this sim, he Rebrov sticks to to sim data that everybody's producing. You know, on the Discord. And it just looks like Spurs go big and both Rebrov and Salakovic have huge returns. So in all honesty, if I had both, I'd probably captain Salakovic just purely because of the extra point for, you know, the goal. Um, I don't think they keep a clean sheet in either game. We know Spurs are poor defensively, but just because of the extra point and obviously Salakovic's assist potential, I'd probably captain Salakovic. Yeah, as would I. I think like the sim data for Rebrov has been strong for the season, but in this sim, his performance has been no. There's no correlation whatsoever. No, I know. <laughs> it's a bit like Thierry Henry as well, and we all know my relationship with Thierry Henry. So, yeah, you've had your thoughts on him. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Second question is from FPL Buddy. So um, again, very much Chapman related. Is Salakovic enough to cover the Spurs double, or should we be doubling up? I think it's enough. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I, I've I've done the double up purely on the basis because that double up hasn't included Salakovic. So I've gone for Davies to cover the potential of Rebrov not doing anything in Salakovic going big. I'm hoping then Davies is involved in assists. But if it was for a hit, I probably wouldn't push yourself too much for the double up. I mean, listening to obviously the um, the pod with Craig Kemp and Hescobo joined him this week. Hescobo is very much of the opinion that that Spurs are the go-to this week, and this is probably one of the best game weeks available for any team. And I, I, to be fair, on sim data and on, on reflection, I'd probably agree. And if you can afford Rebrov and Salakovic without ruining your team, go for it. But if it means that you're taking minus eight, for instance, to try and bring Salakovic in, to then be stuck with two Spurs assets going forward. Unless you're free hitting, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, agreed. I think it depends like, literally on your team, your team structure, whether you've got the money in the bank. For me, I'd have to hit these sort of key players in and I don't want to do that. No. 
and like I've got good alternatives up front for as I mentioned earlier so it depends on your team yeah no totally agree right we've got a question in from FF Dempsey and um, it's Sky related is Patricio from Martinez really worth that transfer in Sky if not can I get away with zero walls for the upcoming fixtures that's a good question um with regards to zero wolves, uh, it depends. Like, obviously, if you had, like, say, coverage in another way, so a Fulham player to cover that captaincy deck game instead. I mean, I doubt you do have a Fulham player. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be inclined to get Neto or Patricio. Um, I think it'd be a bit of a risk to not have any. Coverage. Yeah, that, that's the thing. At this stage, like, obviously, I risked not going dunk for that game in I know it saved me the two transfers but it cost me 20 points and I'm going to have to hope to make those 20 points up obviously with Patricio Villa play um, on the Sunday the 4th against Fulham but then the two following fixtures after that are Liverpool and Man City before you know they then play West Brom whereas obviously Wolves then go and they play West Ham Fulham Sheffield United and then play Burnley the same day that Villa play West Brom for me, I think it's such an obvious move to go Martinez to Patricio to not only cover yourself for captaincy, but just because I think even if Wolves keep one clean sheet in those three games, I don't think Villa keep a clean sheet against Liverpool or Man City. And therefore, you, you know, you make up the points that way. But I also think his ownership is going to skyrocket. Um, if you can go Neto is, a, is an alternative, it's, it's a good one. You know, if Wolves concede one, Neto could then be involved in, you know, an attacking asset. And yeah, you've, you've got a brilliant option there. But I think it's one of those obvious moves in Sky that's hard to ignore. Um, whether you've got Martinez, whether you've got Sanchez, even if you're still owning Edison, I think Patricio is probably the goalkeeper to go to for the next four or five games. Um, final question in, in from Aratravo. Um, and it is, should I hold on to Gareth Bale or sell him this game week? Obviously, this week they are playing Newcastle. Hold him yeah. for this game week. Don't sell him ahead of Newcastle, whatever you do. Um, if he plays, you'll feel <laughs> infinitely stupid. Um, yeah, It's not worth it. I'm sure there's a, def a better transfer you can do elsewhere, whether it be bringing in a Chelsea defender, or fixing another part of your team. I'd say, yeah, if you've got Bale, like I have, um, start him. Yeah, I think, again, you know, to refer to Planet FPL, but I mean, I love him. Um, James was very much of the opinion that if Gareth Bale doesn't play against Newcastle this weekend, then his Spurs career is basically over. Like, that's him done, because he has to be playing against Newcastle. Um, if he doesn't play, you've got to get rid. But even if he does play against Newcastle, I'd then probably look to move him on after that, given Spurs' fixtures following it. But yeah, like you say, Newcastle is the prime fixture. Um, they're shocking at the moment. If Spurs can get it right, they could score three or four against Newcastle. And uh, inevitably, if Gareth Bale is on the pitch, he's going to be involved. Exactly. Right. Um, I've quite enjoyed that, mate. Obviously, something a little bit different to what we normally do um with the game week review but it's good to obviously just chat football in general and um give a bit of an opinion moving forward for uh for those fixture swings and something that 
we're both going to be looking at, albeit on slightly different strategies. Um, you've got some chasing to do, so it'd be interesting to see how your wildcard does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to hunting you down. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll yeah, see. Yes, uh, I hope you've... Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to our sort of different structure, different format this week. Uh, yeah, let us know if you enjoyed it. Yeah, I was going to say next week we'll be back um, with the usual FPL game week review. But I think we've obviously been speaking off offhand um, privately and potentially after the FPL season, we might look to do some specials over the summer. Um, whether we ask you know the community if there's anything they particularly want us to talk about or uh, you know whether we pick a few, but we're both very interested in, you know, football in general and looking maybe a little bit deeper into FPL rather than just review after review. So yeah, really hope you guys have enjoyed it. Let us know uh, what you think. Slide into the DMs. We don't mind. Um, and uh, we'll speak to you all later. Good luck guys. And it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers all. <laughs>